Hey, this is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of Effie Church, and this is our podcast. weekend and basically what an epic weekend is to me is hearing from the heart of the evangelist right I am a pastor I feel like God has given me that gifting but God has given more gifts to the church than just the pastor I don't know if you all are aware but there are more gifts out there and so the gift of the evangelist is special because it is energy it is passion for the lost right it is a burning desire to reach the lost and so our guest today absolutely is a pure gift of evangelism to the church. And and it sort of blossomed into this fun and awesome friendship between us. This is his third time to Freedom Valley. Many of you probably remember, and it's been awesome every single time. So I hope that you lean in today. I hope that you are taking notes so you can see my sermon notes on the app, by the way. I forgot to mention this last night, but if you refresh every once in a while, you'll see I'm furiously taking notes as well on the app under sermon notes. So follow along with me, add your own notes in the comments so we can all share together, share this online, right? You never know who's going to be affected outside of these walls by the message tonight, but I hope that you catch some of his passion and energy, but we're in this souls to save, right? Series. Let's catch some of that energy and passion as a church and let's welcome, will you welcome with me our guest today, Tim Bennett. Wow, it's good to be with you this morning. Come on, how's everybody feeling on a bright, sunshiny? It's spring. Let's do it. It's just spring. It's spring outside. I'm saying it's spring. We're going to say it's spring. So if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to open up to the book of... Now, this, is, this seems halfway depressing when I say this, but just trust me, all right? Please open up to the book of Lamentations, chapter 3. <laughs> Lamentations chapter 3, excited for what God is doing this weekend in and through uh, what is happening here at Freedom Valley. We do want to say thank you uh, to Candace and your team for the invite this weekend. We love these guys and uh, getting to hang out with them a little bit and just get to spend some time with you as we worship the Lord together. And so thanks so much for having me this weekend. It, we, we really, we, when Freedom Valley is on our calendar, uh, we get so excited and jacked up about being able to come here. So uh, thanks so much for letting us be here. We, we really do count it a privilege and an honor. And excited for, uh, listen, um, Pastor Candace mentioned that each and every service is going to be a little different. I'm preaching a different message every service. So if you don't normally stick around for the 1115 service, uh, listen, just, just go ahead, head over to the cafe after this one, uh, get yourself some Jehovah Java and get ready to roll and then come right back in. We're going to have a great time at 1115 and then of course the night at six o'clock. We're believing for God to confirm his word with miracles and signs and wonders. Uh, we believe tonight that things that maybe you've been praying for for a long time, maybe heartache and pain that maybe you've been asking God to heal and touch you or maybe it's a physical sickness as well or Sometimes some of the hardest things for us to really believe is that God can touch uh, something that's emotional or something that's in our mind, maybe a memory and things that maybe we felt has held us back. Sometimes it's hard for us to believe that God can do something like that. And I'm telling you, I serve of God of the impossible. 
And he can reach out and meet you exactly where you are and, and heal you exactly the way you need it. And so I'm excited for that. And I, I just don't say those kind of things flippantly. Uh, we watch God do this on a regular basis. And, it's, and I've come to learn it has little to do with me and it has everything to do with Jesus. I mean, even within just the last week, we watched a guy get out, a wheel, get out of a wheelchair in Harrisburg, a lady laid down a cane. I mean, people that were, God, God does this stuff all the time. And so uh, it's going to happen again here today. And it wouldn't it be just like Jesus to go ahead and touch you this morning, even during the nine o'clock service. And so uh, listen, if you happen to be that person and God touches you, you much like the woman with the issue of blood in the, in the New Testament, that she had been sick for 12 years, but all of a sudden she knew in her body that, she, that God had made her whole. Listen, you just go ahead and get up and start running laps around here. We'll give God the glory as well, all right? So I'm excited for all that the Lord has for us. Hopefully, I've given you enough time to find Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3. This morning, I want to talk to you about hope. I think a lot of times in our society, maybe in our culture, and, and, and I quite possibly uh, I, in, in your personal life, sometimes we lose hope hope and sometimes hope even becomes kind of a flippant word to us that we kind of hope things are going to work out or you know it's almost like a wing and a prayer that we're playing the lottery uh you know i got news for you hope in the lord is not by chance hope in the lord is, is not some wishful thinking hope is solid in jesus christ and so i want us to look at this portion of scripture this morning lamentations chapter 3 starting at verse 19 come on if you got it now would you stand for the reading of god's word if you don't normally have a maybe a bible like i do or uh, you can open Open up your, your, uh, your phone and follow along on any kind of Bible app as well, or I believe it's on the screen behind, uh, behind me that you can follow along with this. Lamentations chapter 3, starting at verse 19, this is what the Word of the Lord says on a beautiful spring morning in Gettysburg. Come on, spring in January. Come on, God is good. The loss, the thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. That's pretty dark, isn't it? But you know what? A lot of us are there. Maybe a lot of us have went through something even recently, and you're on the other side of it, but we're still clinging to kind of the, the pain and the heartache of the past. We've yet to be able to separate ourselves from that and move forward in, in all that God has for us. And so I, I want us to, to kind of get through this a little bit this morning. Let's start back at this in verse 19. The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. I love this. I love what Jeremiah, Jeremiah writes here in Lamentations 3.21. He says, but yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. That's a good place for an amen. There it is. His mercies never cease. That's good stuff. Come on. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly for the salvation from the Lord. And it is good for people to submit to an early age to the yoke of his discipline. Come on, let's pray. Father, one more time, would you release the power of your written word into our lives? 
Lord, I thank you tonight, uh, this morning, Lord, that you're with us in every moment and every season. And God, I pray right now, Lord, that we would be encouraged in what you have for us, God, despite what we see with our temporary eyes. God, I, I pray today that we would have eyes of faith. And Lord, that we would see the eternal picture, Lord, the grand glorious scheme that you have for us to move forward in the plans and the hope of Jesus Christ. God, be glorified in all we say and all we do. In Jesus' name, come on. And everybody said, amen, amen. God bless you. Come on, high five somebody and take a seat this morning. So this morning, I, I want us to really look at this portion of Scripture. And again, when I say hope, uh, again, this is not wishful thinking. Many times, uh, even when Christians pray, uh, we pray as if we're playing the lottery. We, we pray as if we're going down to sheets and we're, we're picking out you know, the, the, the numbers and hoping they hit tonight, hoping it's just our day, hoping that we're lucky enough that God might answer our prayer. Can I tell you something today? There is no luck in Jesus Christ. There is no chance in Jesus Christ. Jesus, listen, and all of his promises are yes and amen. When I, when I call on the name of the Lord, I am standing on firm ground. I'm not hoping. I'm, I'm not kind of wishing this is all. I'm just kind of like, oh, God, and I throw it out in the wind and hope it all lands where it's supposed to land. I got news for you today. I have hope in Jesus Christ, which means I have confidence. I have patience. I trust the enduring love of God. So when I say hope, I'm talking about confident patience in the enduring love of God. Let me say this again. This is huge. If we're going to go any further this morning, if you're going to follow along with me today, we've got to get this firm grasp of what hope is. Hope is confident patience in the enduring love of God. Let me say this again. Hope is confident patience in the enduring love of God. We've got to be confident. We've got to know that God has given all that we need, and he will be all that we need, that he'll be with us every step of the way as long as we follow him. Listen to me. God, God will be with us all, all moments and all seasons of our life. He's confident, but we also have to have patience. Sometimes God doesn't do it exactly when we want him to do it. Sometimes God doesn't follow through with things that we think he needs to follow through with. Oftentimes I feel like, God, why don't you do this right now? Uh, I think, God, I know what I need. And God says, you don't understand. I made you. I knitted you together in your mother's womb. I can see the whole picture. I'm not just confined to today. I'm not living by the pain and the separation of your past, but I can see into the future, and I know what is best for you, and if you would just trust the Lord, uh, we would uh, everything would make a lot more sense when we be, are able to turn around and see what God has done. His fingerprints have been on our life this entire time. So it's confident patience in the enduring love of God. That we have to understand that God's love is never ending. That he loves us with an everlasting love. This is why he left heaven and came to earth. When you love someone, you naturally give to them. And this is why scripture says in John 3, 16, we all know this, for God so loved the world. When I say the world, I'm not talking about the dirt, I'm talking about the people. God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his best, his one and only son. And listen, God didn't send his son into this world to condemn it, but through him the world might be saved. God isn't coming into this house today. God, I don't believe God wants to speak through me today, condemnation upon your life, but he wants to draw you with his ever-loving kindness to let you know you matter to the Lord. Every person matters. Everyone matters. All 102,000 people of Adams County, they matter. Come on. Every student on the, on the campus of Gettysburg, of Gettysburg College matters. 
All 7,200 people that live in the town of Gettysburg, they matter. You matter to God. There is not one person that does not matter to the Lord. And so this morning, I want, us to know, want you to know, regardless of what season you might be going through in your life, you matter to the Lord. You are not forgotten about. God is not far and distant from you, but he is our ever-present help in time of need. So when I talk about hope this morning, I'm talking about confident patience in the enduring love of God. There is a biblical principle, a, a biblical progression of, 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 of how God wants to speak into our lives. And many of us, we, we've read this before and we've just kind of said it and we thought, well, that's kind of a nice little wedding scripture. Come on, 1 Corinthians 13, 13. So these, these, these three things remain, right? Faith, hope, and love, Right? We've read this before, but we, what God is trying to do is give us this biblical progression of how he wants to move and speak in our life. First, we have to have faith. And when we have faith, then we can have hope in the Lord. We can trust him. We can know he's going to bring about all things because at the end of the day, it's his love that drives his passion for us. And there's no greater power source on this world or in heaven than the love of God. So this morning, I want us to have this in mind as we move forward in this. Here, the prophet Jeremiah, most, most people believe Jeremiah wrote this, the, uh, the book of Lamentations as he is weeping, as, as he is crying out for, for revival in his land. His land, his, his people have been taken into captivity again, and he, he is tormented by the suffering and the pain of his people, and even so much so that so many people in the middle of heartache, in the middle of, of sorrow, instead of turning to the true source of joy, and the true source of hope and life, they start to turn uh, to the things of this world. They start to intermingle uh, some of the things of this world and, and then put it, put it together with their belief system and, 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 and they come up with all these finangled things that, 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 that maybe make them feel comfortable in the moment, but at the end of the day, they realize it's just it's man's attempt to manipulate our way into controlling people, and if people got to come to us to get to God, that's what is called religion. Uh, I got news for you today. Nobody has to come to Tim Bennett. Nobody has to come to Candace Pringle. The only person we have to call on is the name of Jesus, and he will be there at just the mention of his name. So here, Jeremiah, he's weeping. He is, he is in deep sorrow over what is happening in his nation, how they have been turned to captivity. Listen to me. I know uh, Adams County and Gettysburg, I know, listen, we're not necessarily living in bondage and we're not in captivity. The United States is not slave to any other nation in this world. I get that, but I, I got news for you. We are slaves. We have become slaves to necessities of what, what, what we've labeled as necessities. We've become slaves uh, and, and in bondage uh, to, 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 to modern society of how we feel we need to have certain things in our life listen to me we've got to make sure if we're going to put our hope in Jesus Christ that it is it is in Jesus and not in the temporary fleeting passions of this world not in trends not in what comes easy but today I pray our hope would be built on nothing less than Jesus blood and his righteousness I pray today that we would be able to settle our score and say God we trust you in all seasons and all moments and all areas of our life. So as Jeremiah tears into this, I want us to think about this again. Look at it now with Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 19. The thought of my suffering and bitterness is of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. Listen, if we are going to have hope in Jesus, we have to dare to hope. We have to be willing to take a risk. 
We have to be willing to step out despite the temporary setback, despite our pain. Jeremiah says, the thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. This is why it's going to take faith. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. It's the, it's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Even despite of what we see with our temporary eyes, we have to have faith, we have to have belief and understanding that God knows what is best for us. And if we happen to be walking through a, a season of sorrow or pain or struggle, we, Paul says we can count it pure joy uh, because that pain and that suffering is now perfecting us and is perfecting our faith and making us ready to receive the promise of the hope of Jesus Christ. So many of us are wondering this morning why God has to come through in a certain circumstance and situation because he is allowing the pain and the heartache of this world to perfect us and make us ready for the true joy and the true gift of who Jesus is in our life. If God were to pour out all that you've been praying for in your life right now, you wouldn't know what to do with it. You wouldn't be ready to receive the good gift of Jesus Christ and the promise of all that he has in your life right now. Because we wouldn't know, it would spill out onto our lap and go out all over the floor. We would, we would spoil the blessing of God. But God says, I'm trying to make you ready. I'm stretching you. I'm making your capacity bigger. I'm perfecting you. I am preparing you for the immense blessing of God in your life. Listen to me, the longer you wait, the longer it takes to make, listen to me, the higher the value it is. You want to know why God hasn't blessed you yet? Because maybe you're not praying for something big enough. Why would you settle for chump change? Why would you settle for, for, for leftovers? Listen, I don't serve a God of leftovers. I serve a God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the Bible said. By the way, he owns the thousand hills the cattle are on. It's all, listen, maybe we gotta, we gotta broaden our horizons. Maybe God is trying to make us understand that we don't need what we think we need, but God has more. That's why the Bible says he will do exceedingly and abundantly, far more than we could ever ask, imagine, or think, but it's only according to the power that we allow to work inside of us. That's why we need to have faith. Faith is that deep inward commitment that despite of what is happening in my life, I trust the Lord. We've got to depend on him. Jeremiah says, the thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. This, this is unique. Uh, in some of your translations, if you're reading, uh, I've been reading from the New Living Translation. I like that. There's a lot of good ones around. Uh, but uh, some of your translations will say it, it, it's like wormwood and gall. Wormwood and gall, if you're reading like the NIV or, or the New American Standard or even the good old 1611 King Jimmy. Come on, somebody. It says wormwood and gall. Why does it say that? Well, let me explain this to you a little bit. Gall, uh, wormwood is a very bitter herb, and gall is, is, is a substance that oftentimes they would use, and you can fast forward a little bit to help me explain this. If you were to go into, into to the Roman Empire times, whenever they were overseeing, and this is the time of Jesus, they would, the Roman soldiers a lot would take this gall after they had been in battle or they had been wounded, and they would mix it in this wine vinegar, and they would drink it, and it would help like dull the pain. It was almost like an hallucinogen. They would, it would dull the pain. They wouldn't have to worry about 
out, their, their, their minds would kind of be put at ease and they wouldn't feel everything. This is exactly what they tried to do with Jesus. As, as my Jesus was hanging on the cross, uh, listen to me, he, he was hanging there and the scripture says that the soldiers took a long stick, their spear, and they, they had the, basically a sponge or a rag on the end of it and dipped it in this wine vinegar mixed with gall and they put it up to the mouth of Jesus for him to taste. It was fulfilling a prophecy that was spoken to him here in the Old Testament. Uh, but here's the deal. Uh, my Jesus tasted this wine vinegar mixed with gall, but the Bible says he did not drink it. He tasted it. Listen a minute. This is, this is God saying to us, listen to me, we're going to taste bitter seasons in our life. We're going to taste moments in our life. But I'm thankful today that Jesus, he didn't allow it to digest. He didn't allow it to take root. He Listen, he endured the cross with full awareness. He didn't allow an hallucinogen to come in and dull his mind, but he went to the cross with full awareness of the pain and suffering it would take because of me and because of you. He bore my sin. He bore my pain. He bore my sickness. The Bible says that Jesus is a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. He knows exactly where you are today. My Lord understands pain. He understands anxiety. He understands what it is like for one week people to love him and say how much they care for him and even cry out, Hosanna, save me. And the very next week, they're crying out for him to be crucified. He knows what it's like for his friends and family members to even turn their backs on him for one of his even best friends just moments before the greatest the tragedy in his life to turn his back on him and Peter denies Jesus three times. Jesus knows the pain of having his clothes ripped off in front of the entire world and a, and a cat and, and a whip taken across his back, a cat and nine tails across his back 39 times. He knows what it, ta- what it feels like to have a crown of thorns jabbed into his skull. He knows what it feels like to have to carry a cross up a rocky hill called Golgotha as people spit on him and mock him and rip out his beard and make fun of him. He knows what it's like to be laid barren before the world and have nails put in his hands and in his feet. He knows what it's like to have a spear jabbed in his side, but he did it with full awareness because he knew he wanted to be familiar with our pain and our suffering. He wanted to bear our sin and our shortcomings. I got news for you today. I serve a Jesus who is not far and distant, but he is an ever-present help in time of need. We can dare to hope in Jesus Christ because he knows where you are today. He knows where you are. God is not a far and distant God. Jeremiah says, the thought of my bitterness and my homelessness, it's bitter beyond words. Many folks, you've come in today and you are in a bitter season. It doesn't taste good. I want to encourage you today to be like Jesus. You might taste a bitter season, but don't digest it and let it take root in your life. Don't allow what's on the outside to change what is on the inside. God always wants to work from the inside out. We have to have this in our mind. And and Jeremiah goes on, I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Many of us sitting in the room today, Maybe you've just went through this holiday season for the first time without a loved one. And it's been tough. I know my, my, my family, are, uh, uh, my sister-in-law, this was the first Christmas that she's went without her father. He was two weeks away from retirement earlier this past year. Two weeks away from retirement. Seemed like all, everything was fine. He just had a physical uh, that week, actually. For a CDL license, had his physical that week, everything was fine. All of a sudden, he starts having pain, gets into the, gets, just barely gets to the hospital, and he doesn't walk back out. 
two weeks before retirement. It's devastating. Oftentimes, the blows this world gives, they're devastating. This isn't easy. And I know in this moment, this isn't like the typical rah-rah evangelist message where I want to come in and get you going. This is reality. This is where we live. We live in a fallen world. And because of sin, everyone is going to die. Everyone is going to experience separation because of sin. But I'm thankful today that even while I was still a sinner, Jesus died for me. I'm thankful today that even though the wages of sin is death, I'm thankful that the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, my Lord. This is why I can still dare to hope. Jeremiah just says, despite my homelessness, despite my suffering, despite my loss, as hard as it was, I still dare to hope. This this is where faith kicks in. Despite of what I see with my temporary eyes, I know what is on the inside of me is greater than what is on the outside of me. I know that Jesus, the hope of glory that's on the inside of me, is greater than any despair and loss and death this world will try and mount and level against me. Today, I declare hope in Jesus Christ in my life. Today, I dare you to hope. I dare you to hope. I'm going to skip all the playground etiquette, and I'm going to triple dog dare you to hope this morning. Don't lick the flagpole, but I dare you to hope. Come on, how many of you watched that like 39 times a few weeks ago, right? Or I don't know how many times they fit that in a 24-hour schedule, but shoot your eye out, kid. Listen, we have to dare to hope, but we dare to hope our faith is built when we begin to remember this. Jeremiah goes on to say in Lamentations verse 22, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. Come on, somebody. The faithful love of the Lord never, this is where it starts getting good, so you can start amen in me, all right? The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. Listen to me, not only do we need to declare or dare to hope, but now we need to declare hope. We need to out loud declare the goodness of God. Jeremiah says, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. There's going to be moments in our life where we are going to have to encourage ourselves in the Lord. There's going to come seasons and areas in our life where you're not going to be able to depend on people to come alongside you and slap you on the back and tell you how good a job you did. There's going to be moments and times when you're going to post your favorite picture on whatever social media and only three people are going to like it. Come on, somebody. Listen, many times we live to the affirmation of man. We want, we want people to like us, right? We want, we want people to be around, whether you think you do or you don't, everybody does. Don't tell me this. If you're li don't lie to yourself this morning. We want to feel a part of something. We want to be a part of a group or a part of a greater cause. We want people to know us and like us. And a lot of times what, what we end up doing is we go on social media and we begin to post all these things. And listen, here's what we do. We get, on, we get on to Instagram or Twitface or all the different things or Chapsnat. I'm making, up fun, I'm making fun of these things on purpose. And, and we get to all these dumb little things and we watch everybody's highlight reel. All the wonderful things that happen. And, you know, and, and we, we see all these beautiful pictures. Oh, look at that family. You know, look how good they are. Look how good that nice this is. And we, we put all this stuff together and we get so excited. We watch their highlight reel and then we begin to, we, we begin to compare our ordinary everyday life to their highlight reel. 
Come on. Meanwhile, we didn't see the 53 takes it took to get Johnny to stand still to get that highlight real picture. Come on, somebody. We didn't see all the snot they had to wipe off and how many times they had to hold his finger out of his nose for the, so they could get the picture. But we want, to, we want to compare our everyday life to everybody's highlight reels this morning. I pray in the name of Jesus that we would stop fixing our eyes on the things of this world and we would start encouraging ourselves in what God has for us. Jeremiah says, I dare to hope when I remember this, the goodness of the Lord, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. This is where hope kicks in. It's not just confidence. It's not just faith. But now it's patience in the Lord that we can begin to encourage ourselves in the Lord despite of what's happening in and around us. David, back in 1 Samuel chapter 30, King David was out, and well, he wasn't fully king at this point, but he was over Judah at this point, and, and uh, he was out uh, fighting battles and in, and, uh, with, uh, in the Philistines and doing all kinds of crazy things, and he comes back to where their camp was, to where their family and, and their daughters and their families were in 1 Samuel chapter 30, and they get back to this town called Ziklag. Come on, somebody. You know something bad's going to happen if your town's named Ziklag. Come on. Ziklag, for crying out loud. Sounds like you need penicillin or something. Got a real bad case of the Ziklag, you know? David comes back to find out after he and his, all of his army come back, they come to find out that the Amalekites had come in. How many remember what I was talking about with the Amalekites last, last night, right? The valley dwellers, they come in and they, they burn down their village. They burn down the whole town of Ziklag. And in fact, not only do they burn down the entire town of Ziklag, they, they take all of their wives, all of their daughters, all their entire family, all their children, all their wives, and they, they take them away as slaves. And back walks David and his army after they were so tired, they were looking forward to come home. They come back and all of a sudden, their town's burned down and their family has been taken as slaves. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 30 that David's men begin to grumble against David. They, they actually wanted to kill David. They wanted to stone David. They wanted to, they wanted to kill David because they felt like David led them away and, and, not, and, that, and led their families fully exposed. And now a different enemy came in and stole their families away. And David says, listen to me, I, I, he tells the priest, he says, I want you to go get the ephod and bring it to me. And David puts what this thing on, it's called the ephod. The ephod was a garment of praise for the priest. They would put on this garment of praise. It was made of gold and purple and, of, and linen and, and they would come together and, and he would begin to worship the Lord. Listen to me, many of us, we have to train ourselves to worship God. We have to be able to encourage ourselves even in a moment when no one else, when everybody else is trying to tear us down, when the world is trying to tell you you don't have what it takes when the world is trying to say listen you're just going to have to live life the way it is it is the way it is listen to me we need to be like David and say listen to me bring me the bring me the ephod bring me the garment of praise because today I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord because as I begin to worship and praise God I know that God inhabits the praises of his people and when he comes down into my praise I will be in his presence and in his presence there is everything that I would ever need there is full 
fullness of joy. I dare somebody in the house this morning, if you're in a moment of sorrow and pain and sickness, maybe it's overwhelming to you today. Listen, we may not feel like it. That's why it's called a, a sacrifice of praise. Sometimes we don't feel like it. Sometimes it doesn't come natural to us. But this is why we receive the supernatural power of God when we deny our flesh and we allow what is on the inside of us to begin to bubble up on the outside of us and we begin to give God the glory and the honor that's due his name. The presence of God surrounds us and he becomes our ever-present help in time of need despite pain, despite sorrow, despite sickness, despite separation. My hope is built on Jesus Christ and he begins to edify me and pick me up when the world's tried to tear me down. Jesus builds me up and what the Lord builds, this world could never tear away. This is why it turns from faith now into hope. It's confident patience. Despite what I see with my temporary eyes, I know in my eternal spirit, I serve a good God. Come on, somebody. I serve a good God. Listen, here's what I'm saying today. We will either speak hope or we'll strangle it. We'll either speak hope into our communities into our nation, into this church, into our family. We'll either speak hope or we'll suffocate it. We need to learn to speak the goodness of God instead of magna. Listen, I know I'm, I'm, I'm kind of being redundant here and I'm doing this on purpose because I've come out of the, uh, the, redu the, the redundance office of redundancy. I want you to get this. This weekend, regardless of what is happening in and around our lives, we need to learn to worship the Lord because he's still God. He's still good. And when we trust him in all seasons and all areas of our life, listen to me, we will either speak hope or we'll strangle it. We need to learn to worship the Lord. We can't allow the temporary pain of this world to shake us from the eternal truth of Jesus Christ. We've got to be able to sink deep down inside this. You say, well, Tim, how does all this work? Well, I want you to think what Psalm 100 verse 4 says. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. You want to know why so many of us, well, they'll say, well, listen, Tim, I, I, I just, I, I don't feel like I've been in God's presence. I feel like I've kind of been far away from him. I, I, I don't know if I really know, uh, you know, God is present in my life. It's because we've been trying to get into the presence of God without bringing an attitude of thanksgiving and worship. We must enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. We need to be thankful with what God has already given us. Why would he give us more if we're not thankful with what he already has? Come on. Why would God want to bless us anymore when we're not grateful with the immense outpouring of love that he already gave through his son, Jesus Christ? I'm going to say this again. Why would we receive anything more from God when all we want to do is backbite and be bitter and talk negatively about the goodness of God that is already obviously evident in our lives today? Say, Tim, all you, I'm not really, really living a good life. I'm not really. A, listen, you're here. You're still breathing. You're, still, you're here. 
Come on, God's given you another day. His mercy is brand new this morning. You want to know why uh, that Jeremiah says here in Lamentations that the mercy of God is brand new every morning? Because you just made it through the night. You're still here. God's mercy is brand new today because you just made it through the night. Now he's got another dose for you, and he's going to get you through this day. I'm thankful today that God is with me every step of the way. He gives me exactly what I need, exactly how I need it, when I need it, right here, right now, today. And just because I begin to pray and ask God for things that I don't need, here's the crazy thing about it. That's why Jesus said in Matthew, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added unto you. This is... Reminds me of a story of a man named Thomas Chisholm. Thomas Chisholm grew up in kind of the hills. He was a hillbilly of Kentucky, you know, Frankfurt, Frankfurt Kentucky. And uh, I think you guys are going to do, aren't you celebrating something in March, like about, you know, redneck, what's it called? Murica Night. Yeah, the uh, Freedom Valley Youth's having Murica Night. So they're, they, they're, you know, doing redneck hillbilly games or whatever. They, they're having a hillbilly speaker come in that weekend. It's going to be great uh, that Wednesday night. Uh, so it'll be a lot of fun. But uh, it, Thomas Chisholm was, was a hillbilly from, uh, from Frankfort, Kentucky. He was born in 1866, born into poverty in just a, a simple log cabin. He didn't have as much. His family didn't have much. His, he was actually a little weak in his body as well, but he was highly intelligent. In fact, he was so intelligent that by the time he was 16, he was already teaching in the one-room schoolhouse in Frankfort, uh, Frankfort, Kentucky. He was the teacher for that, for that town, for that community. He was the teacher. Well, his body just didn't deal well with him, and so he was oftentimes confined to, to being sitting still and, and steady, and so he would begin to write all these poems, and uh, even, even so much so that he, he just began to fall in love with the Lord and, uh, and tried to get into full-time ministry and actually pastored for a few years, but wasn't able to continue because of his physical limitations, but he continued to write these poems. Well, he had a, he had a friend of his named William Runyon that was a musician at Moody Bible Institute in Chicago, Illinois. And, 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 and Thomas Chisholm takes all these poems that he has and he sends them to his friend named William Runyon, uh, who is a musician at Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. And, and William Runyon, he's, he's reading through these, and it's, it's about 1923 now, and, and William Runyon is now, he's making his way towards uh, Kansas City uh, for a concert that he was putting on, and on the train ride there, he's, he's kind of thumbing through these poems, and he comes over this poem uh, that Thomas Chisholm wrote, and as it just, it begins to speak to him so much, he gets so overwhelmed, and this poem was based off of Lamentations chapter 3, uh, uh, through the verses that I'm reading to you this morning, and, and, and the words just spoke to him so deeply, Thomas uh, William Runyon begins to put melody to the lyrics there. And it, it, the, the lyrics were this. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, 
Lord unto me. Listen to me. We, we oftentimes, we, we sing that, that old kind of school hymn of the church, and we get around Thanksgiving, we think about it, but what we don't realize, it was written by a man that had severe li- physical limitations, that was born into poverty, born of, of, of little means, had not much to offer to this world, but as he began to write down the glories and the praises of God, God has a way of allowing the beautiful red thread of his grace to be woven through our lives, and we begin to declare the goodness and the glory of God, not just in our lives, but all over the area, all over our families, all over our community, and around the world. If we would stop fixing our eyes on the pain and the problems of this world and start magnifying Jesus, I dare you to hope this morning. I I dare you to declare hope over your life. I dare you to give God the glory and the honor that he deserves in all moments and all seasons of our life, despite what we see with our temporary eyes. I serve the eternal King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he is worthy of praise. My Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. This is why Isaiah 61 says, put on the garment of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. Not because God wants you to feel good, because he wants you to get out of the muck and the pain and the gutter of of self-pity and stand upon the firm rock of Jesus Christ. I need to finish this this morning. Mercy sakes. Verse 25 says, the Lord is good to those who depend on him. To those who search for him, so it is good to wait quietly for the salvation from the Lord, and it is good for people to submit to an early at an early age to the yoke of his discipline. Listen, not only do we need to dare to hope, not only do we need to declare hope, but we need to depend on hope. Confident patience in the enduring love of God. Confident patience in the enduring love of God. Listen to me, the Bible here says the Lord is good to those who depend on him. You want to know why you're not experiencing the goodness of God? Because you're dependent on yourself and everybody else. You're looking to the accolades of man. You're, you're, you're trying to fix it all on your own. And I, listen, I'm not saying that we don't need to work. Listen, I believe we need to work like it depends on us, but we got to pray like it depends on him. Many, many times in our life, and I know in a blue-collar mentality, much like Adams County, much like Gettysburg, we're self-sufficient. We don't need other people's help. Come on. Well, I, I can handle this. I, I can figure it out. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need the best of everything. I'll get by with just what I have. I'm, I'm okay by myself. I don't need you. That's a dangerous, dangerous position the enemy loves. Remember I told you last night, the enemy loves to isolate you and make you think you're on your own. That you have no hope that nobody else has ever been in the circumstance you've been in. That's a lie of the devil. Listen, there's 7 billion people that are alive on planet Earth right now. Over 18 billion that have been alive over the span of history. What makes you think you're the only one that's ever went through what you're going through? Think about that. We have to be willing to depend on hope, full dependency on God. Listen, we have to be willing to understand that God is good, that God is with us every step of the way. Can I tell you this, and this is just kind of a side note. If you were to skip down to even to verse 31 of Lamentations 3, it says, for no one is abandoned by the Lord forever. I want to say this to you today. What you're going through right now is a season. It's exactly that. It's a season. It's going to change. 
Life, things changed. Everything changes. Every day the world's brand new. That's why God's mercy is brand new every morning because the world is just spinning out of control and his mercy is not that he's keeping up with you, but he's getting you ahead of the pain and the sorrow of this world. Listen, it's going to change. Seasons are going to change. Many, many times the 22nd or 21st was the first day of winter, right? Right? The, the darkest day of the year, right? Darkest day of the year. And we get so negative about it. Oh, all the snow's coming. It's going to be cold. It's going to be awful. You know what I love about the first day of winter? Listen, man, every day after that gets a little brighter every day. By about two and a half minutes every day, it gets a little brighter every day. Every day, I'm getting a little closer to the Lord. Every day, I'm finding out the favor of God. Every day, God's giving me just a little bit more than what I had the day before, and he's going to supply all of my needs, not according to what I think I need, not according to my abilities and my talents and, or even my shortcomings, but according to his glorious riches. I'm thankful today that when I depend on God, listen to me, this is why Isaiah 40, 31 says, those who wait upon the Lord, those who trust and God will renew their strength. They will mount up on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Listen, this is this, this idea of trusting God, depending on God, putting our hope in God. This is the confident patience in the enduring love of God. It takes time. Oftentimes we need to be willing to go through the season, but I want you to know this, you are going through. You're going through. Listen, Isaiah 40, 31 is oftentimes when you, 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 you read these, these Hebrew sayings, these Hebrew writings that are, that are through Isaiah 40, 31, it's actually written in reverse order. They do this a lot. See, because it says, you know, those who wait upon the Lord, those who trust in God will renew their strength. They'll mount up on wings like eagles, right? Not the Philadelphia eagles, because they stink apparently. Come on, somebody. As do all birds. Thank you, ravens. <laughs> Losers. Uh, they're, they're at home taking care of their six Lombardis. Thanks. But listen, did that come out? Does that, because I said that in here. Did I say that out loud? I did say that out loud. Okay. <laughs> listen, here's the deal. When you come to church, if you expect us to act like we, are, we just sucked on a half dozen lemons and sitting on a bag of tacks, you're in the wrong place. I can tell you that right now. If you think that, with this, that when you come into church that we're not here to enjoy the favor and the goodness of God and our brothers and sisters, here's the wonderful thing about God. I, listen, if, if you think when we go to heaven, everybody's going to stand still and be solemn the whole time. Listen, that's not happening in heaven. I don't know. If, if, you, if, if that's the way you want it and you don't think we need to enjoy and have a good time, heaven may not be the place for you. Come on, somebody. But Isaiah 40, 31 says, listen, they mount up on wings like eagles, run and not grow weary, walk and not faint. Don't you notice that's in reverse order? Before you can fly, you got to learn to run. Before you can run, you got to learn to walk. And can I even say this? Before you walk, you got to learn to crawl. You got to be willing to learn to crawl. You gotta be willing to learn just to get closer to God every day. Listen, I'm not saying we're gonna have this all figured out, but listen, we have, I'm on the floor again. Why is this happening at this church? It was in my mind not to do this, and then all of a sudden, there you were. But we got, I've had four kids, right? Well, my wife's had four kids. I've just kind of been there. But mercy. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. But 
you know, we've, we have four kids and been there through the whole day. I've watched my kids and they've all kind of done it at different times. They've all, they've all progressed in different moments of their life, whether I, I think maybe the earliest one was about 10 months old. And then a couple of our other ones were well after they had turned a year old. So they were maybe 13, 14 months old. Uh, but, but many times when a baby first gets, is born and uh, as they get a little older, you know, first they're, they're, they're just laying still, right? Don't you take, turn that camera off. They're, they're just laying still. <laughs> Mama. They're just laying still, right? And then all of a sudden, they begin to learn, right? I love it when babies, you put them down, and they stay right where you put them. That's the best time, right? It's the best time. They can't do anything. They're there, right? But then all of a sudden, they learn how to roll over, right? Right? And then like, they're down on the ground, and they've got to learn to you know, like, pick their, you know, whatever, you know, and they, they pick themselves up, and, and then they learn that, and then sooner or later, they, 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 once they learn to, to get those muscles right, right, they... Come on, I know yoga. Come on, Superman. But they, they get up and, they, and then they do the, they, they, they get up on their, their hands and knees and they begin to, they rock, right? It's little by little. They, they learn how to do just a little bit. They, they're, they're just rocking. They're just rocking. And all of a sudden, once they learn to rock, now they learn how to, uh-oh, it works. Right? And they kind of wobble around a little bit. Right? And then once they learn to wobble around, all of a sudden, they start getting real dangerous. Right? They take, they take a chance. Right? They, they grab a hold of something. Right? And they begin to, right? Right? And then they, they take these little steps and they keep moving this way. So notice I'm turning this way. She can't take pictures. And, and I, I don't turn that phone off. And they, and they, and they just start taking a you know, little step. And then they, they're able to get from the coffee table over to the couch, right? And they hold from the couch and then you're over at the recliner and you got your arms out and you're like, come here. And you know, you know, and they take up, and sometimes they fall, but they get back. Listen, here's the deal. You've got to learn little by little, day by day. Day by day, you just take another step with God. Sooner or later, once you learn to walk, then you're going to be running. Everywhere I was going, I was running, you know? We just keep, we, and the, we run, and we, we do the best way. Come on, somebody. I try and quote Forrest Gump in every message. Come on. And as, as we run, then all of a sudden, once we run, that's when we can learn to take off and fly with the Lord. It's little by little, day by day. Listen, notice that it, it, nothing just kind of, it just all happens at once. But the plan of God is to learn for us to get stronger and stronger every day. Because if he were just to take us from laying down on our backs and being fully helpless to all of a sudden to fly, we wouldn't know what to do whenever it was time to land. But God allows us to go step by step, day by day. If the team wants to come, it'll help me quit. Listen, this morning, I want to encourage you to dare to hope. No one is abandoned by the Lord forever. This is a season you're going through. This season will come and it will go. Regardless of the outcome, this season is going to come and go. Winter is already on its way over. Winter's moving itself out. And oftentimes, with the hardest wind comes the best weather, doesn't it? Come on. We've got to learn to enjoy life in every season, in every moment of all that we have. Listen, we, we've got to move forward. and We have to declare hope. 
We have to be willing to encourage ourselves in the Lord, to put on that garment of praise. Even as David was in Ziklag, he put on the ephod. He put on the garment of praise despite of everyone wanting to tear him down and stone him and ridicule and mock him. Listen, he put on the garment of praise and he encouraged himself in the Lord. Listen, I love what happens after this. Once David did that, the Bible says that David went into the enemy's camp and he took back all that was rightfully his in the name of the Lord. Listen to me today. You you have the authority in Jesus' name to have all that the enemy has stolen from you to be restored in the name of Jesus Christ. This is what hope is all about. It's not built in what I can do in and of myself, but when I fully surrender to the Lord in all seasons and all moments and all areas of my life, listen to me, I can depend on the hope of Jesus Christ. It's not always going to make sense to me. I'm not going to have it all figured out. That's why Proverbs says, trust God with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. You're not going to have it all figured out. But in all your ways, acknowledge that He is God. And at that very moment, God will make your path straight. I don't know where you are in your life today, but I know where Jesus is. He's right beside you. He is our ever-present help in time of need. And maybe you feel like where we were last night, talking about being in the valley. Today, I want you to lift your eyes into the hills. Because that's where your help comes from. It comes from the Lord. He is the maker of heaven and earth. You know why that's so huge and why that's so important? Because God is big enough to do everything. But he cares enough to do anything for you. God's big enough. He can do everything. He can handle it all. The world was created in him, by him, through him, and for him. He is the word of God that was made flesh and he dwelt among us. And seasons are going to come and go. Popularity is going to come and go. Momentary sickness is going to come and go. Separation is going to come and go. I got news for you today. The grass will wither and the flowers will fade. But the Word of God stands forever and forever and forever. The way you can really encourage yourself in the Lord is to begin to declare the promises of God that are found in the 66 books of Jesus' Word in our life. Great is the faithfulness of God. His mercies are brand new every morning. The love of God is limitless in our life. And when we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, and we believe in our heart that He is God, at that very moment, the old is gone and the new is come, and we are now attached to the greatest source of love of all times, Jesus Christ. Faith, hope, and love. Because the greatest of all of them is love. First John says, God is love. And when you allow Jesus to be all you are and all you have, when you allow Jesus not just to live on the inside of you, but to influence you so much, it changes what's on the outside of you. There's nothing that will ever be able to separate you from love. Not death, not life. Not an angel, not a demon, not the past, not the present, not the future. No power in heaven or hell could ever separate you from the love of God that's found in Christ Jesus, my Lord. This is what it means to be saved. And this is exactly what we're going to talk about in the next service. So I'm setting you up that you need to come back for this, all right? This is so huge. The love of God is unending for you this morning. Come on, would you stand to your feet with me today? I need to get you out of here so you can get back in here in about 25, 30 minutes. But we 
would be doing a disservice to ourselves and maybe even more importantly a disservice to Jesus this morning if we didn't take time to recognize the goodness of God in our lives. If you're here today, it starts with knowing Jesus as your Savior. Before we go any further, before we do anything else, this is it. This is the moment right now. You've been sitting there kind of uncomfortable and wondering how I knew so much about you. I wasn't listening. I don't know anything about you. God does. He's been speaking through me into you. A lot of times you've been hearing things I haven't been saying because God's been speaking to you. You've been, you might be shocked that you can hear the voice of God this morning. If you're in the room today and you know you need to surrender your life to Jesus, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that right now. It's a conscious decision. Every day we need to make a decision to follow Jesus. If you've never made that decision before, maybe you did a long time ago, but you're not following God. You say, Tim, today I need to get my life right with the Lord. I need to surrender the Lord. This is your moment. You want to know why you feel condemnation in your life? Because you're not in Jesus Christ. When you're in Jesus, there is no condemnation. When you're outside of him, you're going to feel condemned. You're going to feel unworthy. You're going to feel like you're not good enough. But whenever you surrender your life to Jesus, the Bible says there's no condemnation to those of us who are in Christ Jesus because he has set us free, free through the power of the Holy Spirit of God. If you're here today and say, Tim, I need to make a decision to follow Jesus, I'm going to give you the opportunity right now. It's really simple. We're going to pray this prayer together, and then I'm going to give you an opportunity to say, Tim, I just made that decision for the first time in my life. Come on, everybody in this room, listen to me. If you know you need to make this decision to follow Jesus, or even, if, listen, I promise this prayer will not damage a soul in the house. I want you to pray this prayer with me this morning. The Bible says we believe in our hearts and we confess with our mouth unto the salvation of God, which means this. You don't have to say this prayer word for word, but you do need to mean it, and you need to say it out loud this morning. Amen? Come on, everybody in the room, I want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me, and especially those of you that you know you need to surrender your life to Jesus this morning. Come on, all across this room, pray this prayer with me today. Say, Jesus. Oh, come on, say his name this morning. Say, Jesus, I admit that I need you. I believe that you are God, and I confess you as the Lord of my life. From this day on, I will trust the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that heaven is now my hope. In Jesus' name. Come on, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe you needed to recommit your life to the Lord, you know who you are. This morning, I want to give you an opportunity to publicly say yes. The Bible says in the book of Luke that if we're ashamed of God in front of man, he will be ashamed of us in front of his Father in heaven. But if we are willing to step forward and say, yes, I am following Jesus, God will speak your name in front of the throne room of God the Father right here, right now, this morning. You're here today and say, Tim, I just prayed that prayer for the first time. Or say, Tim, you know what? I needed to recommit my life to the Lord. I'm simply going to count to three to give you an opportunity to express your decision to the Lord. When I say three, I want you to lift your hand as high as you can. Listen to me. We want to give you a proper welcome into the family of God. You are not alone anymore. Your hope is built on, on the solid foundation of Jesus Christ today. 
Come on, if that's you, say, Tim, I just prayed that prayer for the first time, or I needed to recommit my life to the Lord. Come on, you know who you are. When I say three, I want you to lift your hand as high as you can. We want to give you a proper welcome into the family of God. Come on, one, two, come on, if it's you, lift your hand high right now. Three, come on, all over this room. That's it, that's it, yeah, that's it. Come on, give God a big shout. Give God a big shout. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to fv.church slash I-N-N. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links. Come on, would you begin to thank the Lord for all he's done in your life? Even before we sing this song, come on, would you begin to out loud thank God for the breath that you're breathing. Thank him for saving your soul. Thank him for the clothes on your back. Thank him for healing you. Thank him for the Holy Spirit that's in your life today. We serve a good God. Come on, open your mouth and declare the glory and the favor of God in this house today. We serve a risen Savior in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, God, you're faithful to us today. Oh, come on, lift him up in this house. Hallelujah.
speaking this to me during our time of worship when we started the service, and I want to read it to you now. Psalm 91 says, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust Him. Some of us have trusted a lot of people, a lot of different things, and we've been burnt along the way. I want you to know you can trust God today. He will never fail you. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. So do not be afraid of the terrors of the night nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness or the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand may fall at your side, Though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, he will make the Most High your shelter. No evil will come for you. No plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. And I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Listen to me today. If you need shelter, if you need safety, I want you to know you've come to the right place. And yeah, I'm, this is a wonderful church, but I'm talking about coming to the house of God, the name of Jesus Christ. And Pastor Candace is going to come now, and she's going to kind of close us out, but I want you to know something today. You are not forgotten. You are not far and distant. You are, listen, you are not far away from the Lord, but you matter to God. And God is speaking to you right now that you can find safety and refuge and security in Jesus and Jesus alone. You've called upon different people. You've called upon doctors. You've called upon different preachers. You've went to different churches. You've tried to go a lot of different places. Today, just call on Jesus. He's all you need. He's all you need. And his arms will stretch wide over you and he will give you the safety and the protection that is due his name. Come on, would you lift your hand this morning, Lord, in Jesus' name. I declare safety and security in this house. Lord, I declare the hope that is found in Jesus and Jesus alone. I pray God, the source of hope, would fill you completely with all joy and peace as you trust in him, that you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, come on, if you believe this morning, for the next 10 seconds, I dare you to give God the glory and the honor that he deserves in this house. Come on, lift God up in this place in Jesus' name.